and welcome to the Moonwise Lunar Forecast for February 4th through March 6th, 2019. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and today we'll check in with Susan Lipschitz of Everyday Medicine Woman as she takes a look at the upcoming month and gives us her take on the astrological, lunar, and collective energies that we're experiencing. In this forecast, Susan shares tips and questions for guiding ourselves through the month, plus a ritual suggestion for working with the new moon in bulk energies that can help inspire us for the coming spring. Before we begin, I want to thank all of our Patreon subscribers who help make this show possible. If you've enjoyed our shows and find value in this community, please consider subscribing at patreon.com moonwise. And thank you to each and every one of you who spread the word on social media or send a favorite episode to a friend. I also love chatting with you on our Moonwise Sisterhood Facebook group. So if you're not part of that yet, just search Moonwise Sisterhood on Facebook and answer two questions to join. Hello, Susan. Thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. I'm so happy to be visiting with you and all our listeners. Well, we have all come through a pretty exciting full moon eclipse time, and now I'm looking forward to hearing uh, what we have in store in this next lunar cycle. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think we all had a little bit of a full moon eclipse hangovers. It was, it was pretty intense. And uh, this is the first lunation, the new moon that we're outside of. We've moved past the eclipses and remembering that these eclipses um, have imp the imprint and the um, impact for months and months. So we'll definitely be feeling that. And um, we're in now a new moon on the 4th, which is a new moon in Aquarius. And that's when the sun and moon come together. Aquarius is a, it's an air sign and it's very much connected to uh, the mind Let's think outside the box. Let's be innovative. Let's be creative. Let's become our own distinct self and uh, open ourselves up, crack open. Um, let's bring our dreams forth um, in a way that sometimes is what we're consciously aware of we want to do. And sometimes it's a way of bringing it forth because um, we might want that kind of change or see it and vision it, but we can't make it happen. And so sometimes Uranus is that kind of lightning bolt energy that separates out or creates opportunity, but the opportunity isn't always the easiest. It can be very disruptive and very surprising. So with that in mind, with it, with this Aquarius new moon, I think that it really is, um, you know, everything has its beautiful kind of way that, that it builds on one another in, in astrology and in the zodiac. Um, but I think in this particular time when we spent so much time with that, new moon in Capricorn saying we have to reestablish for the next couple of years and particularly this year, our structures and what we, the platform for our lives that really serve us and our legacy, you know, collectively and, and all that we came here to do karmically. But I think with Aquarius coming in and saying, okay, now what we need to do is we need to open up the vision for our future. We need to have new perspectives with big ideas. So it's the first moon cycle since these strong eclipses in January that are saying that created a core for us 
and our platform, and now we need to modify and upgrade attitudes and viewpoints to hold the vision and start to look for innovative resources, collaborative networks, stimulating exchange of ideas to allow us to think outside the box so that we can really manifest them. Because um, So it's taking us, in a way, aerating us out from the earth and bringing us up. So if that was the core, this is more kind of, um, you know, an innovative way of thinking. And um, with that in mind, with that innovative way of thinking, it's uh, kind of pulls us out of mental ruts. So we, we need to be aware of, you know, with new moons, we always release. So it's a wonderful time to really be aware of what kinds of thoughts, belief systems, and attitudes really compromise, really obstruct, or really start to, to kind of um, deflate this this um, energy we had for what we thought was going to be possible for ourselves. So this is all about possibility. This is sort of like the highest frequency of cosmic or divine intellectual thinking, like the bridge between our actions and our purpose, our our way of thinking that's how we learned how to think into ways of thinking that allows us to be freed up to uh, a higher consciousness and to embolden the higher consciousness into our actions and then up into our higher um, relationships to our spiritual beliefs. So it, it reminds me of that very, you know, kind of cosmic uh, intelligence or a frequency that we talk about with um, the clarity that we get uh, in some ways when we're meditating or when we talk about for, you know, the Akashic realm or a place of pure source love that like if we're up on a high mountain and we can see everything, we're just with that very clear, pure air and we get the clarity. And then we have to hold the clarity with um, actual understandings that then we can carry with us when we come down the mountain, so to speak. So I think it's it's that beautiful energy that Aquarius really offers us um, so that it can allow for the understandings and the unconventional self-expression that is really us. So this new moon is a perfect time to create the new platform of ideas and mottos that support the Capricornian goals we set uh, at the last new moon eclipse. It's also a time on the 4th of the uh, lunar Chinese New Year, where we move from the brown or earth dog into the 12th animal in the Chinese zodiac of the earth pig. And this sign really supports um, uh, more of that experience of, um, we were talking a little bit about last time the frequency, the universal number, numerical frequency of this year, which is three, which is the pursuit of happiness or joy, alignment, um, you know, speaking our truth, but in that way that really supports our, the, again, the platforms that earthly experience. And um, again, with the pig, it's felt to be that uh, ability to create a real full experience of our life. You know, pigs grow into, we can really see them grow in that really full way. They're very round in that experience. Um, they're very, so it's felt to be abundant and it felt to be, you know, that again, embodiment of what we can grow into uh, in that way. The energy to enjoy, enjoy a grounded, earthly, functional life of really paying attention into uh, real estate, paying attention to earthly matters, paying attention to different ways we can break free of what has kind of embedded us too deeply into um, our lives and at the same time become more uh, respectful of, like we've, we talk about growing our food and being more connected to the earth and in innovative 
change-oriented kinds of ways. So again, I think the pig will be that bridge or ushering all of that in. Um, something I wanted to mention, though, for us just before the new moon uh, in the fourth is that on um, some speak of it on the 1st of February and some speak of it on the 2nd of February is the cross-quarter holy day between um, the solstice and the equinox of Imbolic, which is that first day uh, of honoring in the earliest parts of spring, the hope for the renewal of spring. And I think it's so interesting because we also have the Groundhog Day um, but the groundhog is, you know, it just got such a different vibe than thinking about Imbolic, which is connected to um, uh, the goddess Bridget. And so she is the bringer of the dawn. She said she was born at dawn and she, you know, sort of brought the hope of, of, the, of the early um, light and so that, and and uh, was the goddess of you know health, and the goddess of lighting those flames within us, the triple goddess of those flames within us, and so the bringer of the light. And as she lights the fire of inspiration of hope at an inner level, it is the first sign of or the first light of spring. So I really love that. But as I was reading a little bit about about Bridget, she's also I think a really interesting um, archetype for Aquarius. Because Aquarius can be kind of an androgynous sign because it's so almost disembodied. It's really interested in concepts and humanitarian potentials and moving forward in our life. You know, what we, what's possible? Um, it lo- loves conversations and networking, but it doesn't like to get its hands dirty, really, so to speak, in that way, or feel a lot of things. Um, so in that, in that sense, um, Bridget was considered in many ways uh, very rebellious in her expression. Uh, of herself, and I think this is one of those hidden her stories where it became submerged more into St. Patrick's Day as opposed to Imbolic. Um, also, it's felt that she had uh, a relationship, perhaps whether it was a lesbian relationship or a soul friend, in quotes, out of history, with a younger female nun was her sole companion. So she she was very um, innovative, you know, uh, in terms of her own self-expression at a time when this was not necessarily um, well encouraged in women. And she was uh, very much about empowering sovereignty. Uh, non-conforming conjurer of health and alchemy. So I'm going to get back to her a little bit later. But she very much ties in with this Aquarian spirit of really creating our own sense of unique identity and living from that place. And that notion of sovereignty, what we'll be building, and I'll give dates in a second, but what we're building in in this lunation, so if the new moon is starting right before Imbolic, and then as we move up to the 18th, when we get that full moon, it's in Virgo, and Virgo is known to be virgin, whole unto herself, sovereignty of the goddess. So again, think about this whole lun- you know, the building of the waxing moon this month, as we're we're really looking at how can we how can we live, how can we think, how can we approach our life from that opening of that which is truly ourselves. And how can we bring that into full expression as the moon builds? How do we see it? Um, you know, like we talk a lot about the light, but with the light of shadow. So how do we see ourselves shrinking from that? How do we see when it's not received? What does that mean for us? But I think it's a really interesting um, invitation, particularly as women walking in a path of of uh, remembrance and really invoking all of this within ourselves to utilize this energy from that 
frequency and that invitation and to plant the seeds in this new moon of innovative possibilities at a higher frequency to allow for new understandings for ourselves. I think that's so important because if we can't dream that new dream self, I think Eckhart Tolle used to say we have a pain body and we have a dream body. So in a way, we need to have that vision of who we are becoming. And uh, not that feels like a fantasy, but feels like, yeah, I'm growing into this. And so what thoughts will hold me and invite me into that space, will give me permission Um, We talked last time about not being so focused on our fear of succeeding at this, but visions aren't meant to be succeeded. They're meant to be built out and they're, they're just, you know, um, they light the way like a flame and then we follow it and we invite it and it warms us and it supports us. So I think again, just that sense of being very encouraging of ourselves in our process to, you know, keep along this way will really be um, helpful as we work with um, Bridget. So I think right away, Um, you know, as we start on this new moon is really to uh, invite her in. And we'll talk at the end of a a practice that we can, if anybody it resonates with, to to work with her. Um, Or that idea of opening up that exaltation of of what she might inspire. So again, looking at the key dates, we have that just before we have this new moon is is on the second is symbolic. Um, On the fourth is the new moon in Aquarius. Um, on Valentine's Day, Mars goes into Taurus. So we're already seeing ourselves move out of that, you know, into, into that sense of stability, um, you know, and bringing action into something that it feels purposeful. Um, two lunation, two transits that are very big, um, that I'm, you know, I think are worth mentioning, uh, because we're going to really be feeling them is on the 18th. This is another power. You know, sometimes we have dates that all kind of come together and create PowerPoints for us as, uh, cosmically. And um, we'll really, you know, if we look for them, we can be collaborators. So we can not fear them, but just say, oh, I want to put this on my on my dates to be aware of. On the 18th, Chiron moves into Aries from Pisces. And on the 18th, the sun moves into Pisces. And then right after that, we have that full moon on the 18th, 19th, actually it's on the 19th, that is immutable earth Virgo, which is again that goddess unto ourselves, the full moon uh, and the fullness of the embolic sovereignty, healing the wholeness that the moon offers us into her fullness and the full cycle. So again, Chiron is building a bridge for us on these last two weeks from the end because Pisces is the ending of something. So it's been really looking at our soul wounds and how our spirituality can really be healed and in that way. So it's a really deep kind of soul level of wisdom and contemplation. And then when it moves into Aries, it's really going to be how do we take action? And so in that sense, we're going to see that very much in ourselves around. It starts to ask us questions right away about our identity and ourself. So I think some of those questions have to do with um, how do we view our own self-identity? Do we feel like we it revives a sense of, uh, whether it's a woundedness or self-consciousness or insecurity about our own identity of self, um, how does that kind of bump up against what other people identify with us or have an idea of us? So I think we'll really be looking at that. And then in the collective, we're going to see about a lot more of what we saw last year around this time, which was like the Parkland students coming up for um, gun control 
and really speaking out. We're going to see, we've already been seeing that, like I think uh, there's a 13-year-old girl coming up for a Nobel Peace Prize around climate change and how um, teenagers are suing the governments around that for what lands are you leaving us and what is the legacy that you've left us and we have to clean up this land. And so the kids and the youth, we're going to really be seeing um, the protests and the demands for change. And so a lot of this, we can see this connected to this generation that's going to come up around these Chiron cycles. So we'll see that individually taking to the streets collectively. So uh, around um, a new identity collectively and individually of what we really want to break free from. So again, um, we've got that full moon then that is going to be bringing into fullness and fruition what the seeds that we planted about our belief systems um, that bring in that open, innovative thinking for ourselves. And on uh, March 1st, Venus will go into Aquarius. So then that beautiful energy will continue for ourselves about that unorthodox freedom seeking kind of um, energy of how we love and the value of that expression. And then on the 5th, Mercury goes into retrograde, the 5th of March. So now we start our retrograde. So we have two full months. This lunation is also free of um, retrogrades. On the 5th, we have uh, Mercury goes into retrograde. On the 6th, Uranus goes into Taurus. On the 6th, we have a new moon in Pisces. And so we can see that as we move in, this lunation is really allowing us to take um, what we were working on in January, allowing it to um, connect to how we want to view and and explore and have a, you know, it's like a beautiful spotlight of change uh, that will be uh, able to continue to guide us. And then, you know, to really solidify that mind and body and, and uh, as we move into uh, the, re- the rest of this lunation, so what we get into early March, we've then got a lot of change in play again, and, w- and we've got that retrograde of Mercury. Remember, Mercury governs communication, so I think it's very much going to ask us and invite us to take these new platforms of thought and action and then, you know, kind of weave them in to these new transits that are happening and um, this new, you know, spring season that's coming in. So we really want to be observational about our thinking, what shuts us down, what what will allow for bigger creative thinking, open up a dialogue with others that invites new perspectives. Aquarius doesn't want to just talk to people that wants to say the same things that we believe. That's so boring. Aquarius likes a challenging, good conversation, you know, a really good debate that is, um, but is not there to be aggressive or to um, be... Um, to be closed thinking, it's a good conversation that can really trigger and invite creative new thinking, like convince me, not just debate something, but really let's let's convince each other to be open to one another's points of view. Let's really be be open to that and, and uh, be deep in that and, and be innovative in that sense. Finding new networks for collaboration and shared values is wonderful. You know, Uranus is considered to be, you know, the internet in a way, like you know, that all that's in the cloud. So it's a really interesting time to tap into our own innovation as well as other people's. Um, And to review our January intentions and goals and see how do we communicate them? How do we hold them in a way that allows us for um, hopeful possibility? Uh, So that's um, part of these multi-levels that we'll be working on. 
So how does this resonate for you as you're reflecting and the listeners that you hear and anything that you felt uh, is coming up for you as you're, as you're hearing how we're moving with this Aquarian energy? Yeah, well, it sounds like some really great opportunities to expand our thinking and our consciousness. And I really like that idea of in January, we kind of set goals and intentions for this new year. But then this lunar cycle, um, we have the opportunity to actually examine our beliefs and thoughts about our lives so that we can see how to change our thinking so that we can actually achieve those goals and intentions, if that makes sense. So that, that sounds like a really great opportunity. And, and it's also a nice reminder to know that, you know, for a lot of us, we're in the, it feels like the depths of winter and it's very cold also where you are. And to remember that we do have this underlying hope and that kind of seed of, and, and little flame of spring that we can start to ignite within ourselves. So that, that feels exciting. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And Aquarius, you know, because it really wants us to, you know, again, if we think about Saturn also ruling it, it wants us to learn the rules and then break the rules, you know? So it's a sense of not just being rebellious for the sake of it, understanding, okay, let me first get a sense of, of what is really going on here. Let me feel like I can put my arms around it and then have a sense of what would be the next level of that and how we have to break free. And that's what I mean by as this Uranus moves in out of Aries into Taurus, we're going to feel a spring that really says, let's, um, we talked about that last spring around that notion of some things inside of us have gotten buried Um, or even from our families and our lineages and our social institutions that have never taught us ways in which we're feeling deep inside of us that longs to be set free. And so um, in that way, we're going to really feel that Uranus energy breaking up so we can see into uh, aspects of ourself that we either didn't have connection to or we lost connection to. So I really feel like this, this time through this whole spring or these beginning of these transits, we're very much going to be feeling our, not our little child within, but I want to feel like our, 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 our girls inside most of, you know, or our, our little um, selves that were more like when we started to really creatively think like around 10, 11, 12, before we went into gender identity, so to speak, in a socialized way where that got cemented over us to have to organize ourselves in certain kinds of you know, constructs. And those will free ourselves, which we're all talking about, and really freeing and acting. And then also, um, you know, this this real sense of, of creative expression around our uh, fluidity of orientation of self, which I think is also going to be, I was really curious about how, and this is like the beginning of conversations that I think all of us are already having, but I think is going to be really a great question around as we open up to how do we hold in our own current way, in an innovative way, and what's really coming to us um, around the sacred feminine or the divine feminine, and what does that feel and look like, and what needs to be released in a form that we've actually cultivated quite a bit. I mean, I, I reflect on all these divination cards I have, and, you know, looking at them in terms of the reflection of the sacred goddess, so to speak, or maiden mother crone, all of that, and going you know, so much of that doesn't reflect 
it limits in many ways. The stories I find still inspiring. And, you know, I love you and I having an intergenerational perspective. And we also have that with women that, you know, are um, younger, uh, younger than you and certain almost everyone's younger than me. But, you know, that sense of really having this beautiful inner, uh, you know, conversation, like when we think about Aquarius around, Let's really talk about, in an intergenerational way, how we honor each other, how we honor our ancestors and ancestry and the, matriarch, the matriarchy, and yet what about it is confining? What about it needs to be shape-shifted? What about where we're coming from and moving to that is too binding and limiting uh, around ourself and that, you know... Um, in, in non-binary, non-conforming kinds of ways that we still can deeply feel ourselves as sourced from our, um, our understanding of what creates the female, what creates that energy, and yet how we want to bring an evolution to it too and break free. And so I'm super curious about that and, uh, and really interested and how we all can express each other and respect each other and support each other in that. And, um, and really, I think of it as an essence, like, you know, it, like remedies are the essence of the plant, so to speak. Like what is going to be the divine feminine essence that maintains uh, in a way that is pure to where we and who we are now and how we support women coming into the world. And so, and even breaking free out of, out of that. And so I, in our language and, and how we even, uh, you know, uh, how we express it. So I think that's a great conversation I'd love for us to support with women. Yeah. Wow. So much of what you're saying just resonates for me on every level, especially as I think about how to evolve Moon Tent and this community and how to serve best women in all different phases of life and some who are mothers and some who are not and some who may feel like maidens, but some who may also not feel like maidens. So it's just like these words maiden mother crone. I just, you know, as you know, I think a lot about eldership and how to honor also our elders. And I'm like, crone just doesn't feel like it's capturing what I want to honor. So I totally, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think it's going to be, and I do that too. And when we, you know, you, you came through my 13 moons seminar series and, and it, so that was a deep thing for me about our sacred feminine life cycle and this evolution. And so how can we let ourselves be as creative? And, and I think these energies are saying, it's not about letting ourselves anymore. No one outside of us defines this. We are breaking from the inside out. And so in that way, we're seeing so much of this really positive anarchy in, in this whole notion of gender, gender politics, gender, you know, way of thinking and, and all of that. And I think opening up in a much really beautiful way. And so I think that just like we had to hold on to these life cycle concepts of maiden mother crone, um, I think we're really seeing that they, they're, they're beautiful we honor them as where we have come from. They don't speak in the form that they were to who we are and where we're going. And how wonderful is that, that we're staking a different understanding and we're going to bring it forth and we're going to have that wonderful um, sharing of what that means to each and every one of us without breaking us apart mm -hmm. so that we're still moving in a collective, but it's a very different expression of it. And so I think that is just awesome. Uh, you know, uh, as, as, as someone who is 
in some ways, you know, I have my own discomforts of eldership um, or moving into that. But I know very much that's my own journey, too, of breaking free from some of those assumptions and yet really honoring how can I be um, uh, expressive and embracing elder, you know, wisdom keeping. What does that really look like? And and is that presumptive or is that really authentic? So I think the word that's going to really be the key word for us moving through all of this is authentic. I think that's got to be our yardstick uh, moving through this. So as I said, I think the concepts of female archetype um, are really going to be interesting for us. And I think they're just going to be, they've already been happening, but I think we're really going to see this. And I encourage us to all, everyone listening to this and sharing this and having conversations in our circles um, to really uh, not be afraid to bring it forth and to really ask us all to be, I think questioning is a beautiful way. And and uh, and seeing what we discover together and what wants to come forth uh, will really be exciting. Very cool. Yeah, the keeping that curiosity so that new ideas can come through. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So that's why I think that the more we can not just look this as this as, okay, we're going through, you know, a new moon in Aquarius and sun in Aquarius, you know, I, I, and who's born in Aquarius and what are the features. I think as collaborators of how we use these cosmic cycles, um, and how they embody and live in us to say, all right, let's really remember this and let's really uh, archive. Let's really, um, you know, kind of, uh, that's what I mean about the writing, you know, every day having lighting a candle and maybe I'm bridging right now into our practices. But I think one of those things we can do is reflect on our January goals and now say, what are the mottos? What are the the ways that we are now coming into thought, coming into understanding, um, breaking free of ways that we were thinking before. And remember that this is a freedom of thought outside the box, sort of the rebel that never dies within us. So to let that Aquarian energy be thought-provoking for us around um, old belief systems within us and about even others, about our lives, about all kinds of things. Some of those might not be uh, turning away from something that can be really saying, hey, you know what, I really value that established way of thinking or, you know, whatever it might be, just to to um, anchor it a little bit more as our a beautiful kind of reflection that we look to and that we keep uh, grounding us in, in those thoughts that, you know, are ways to empower the actions and what we want to bring, for, you know, through as we move into this time. And um, an, another way, so we're really taking a look, like I said, around self-awareness um, and looking from that notion of uh, you know, keeping that spirit of rebellion, rebelliousness, meaning not you know, always ordaining into the, you know, consensual realities, but also being practical in our ways of bringing them forth. So there's ways we can work inside as well as outside the systems, which is all that Capricornian stuff. Um, and with this all coming in as we're working with this new moon and then moving into the waxing moon, um, I was thinking about, you know, again, uh, deferring to the bringer of the uh, of the light, you know, uh, Imbolic and Bridget. And I was thinking about, um, and I was thinking very much about you because you work so much with these beautiful teas and are thoughtful around um, herbs that we can activate and emanate, you know, into our, our um, healing and our empowerment. And so something that I was I was reflecting, and I, actually I came across this um, in this recommendation or this idea, whether we call it a ceremony or a ritual, to honor the, this notion of the bringing in of of um, 
the greening of ourselves or the light, which is one of the things that Bridget was also involved in was health. And so with this notion of her um, working with a cauldron, so if we think about either creating some sort of a, a broth or a tea that we find very much uh, something we consider to be healing for us. So whether it's a, you know, a, a broth that we like to work with, some people work with bone, you know, they like bone broths and they, you know, create them for ourselves. We, um, uh, they take a little while to do, or we're, um, you know, creating a, a different kind of tea or working with one of the teas that you use, uh, the herbs, herbal remedies. And so we have a hot tea at, or a, a broth and we envision it in a cauldron like our cup and as we, you know, feel the heat in those, and then we just, you know, we, we remember that how we bless water creates um, and then drink it, you know, always creates in the water embodiment of our bodies is a way that we attune the uh, composition of the water. So the frequency of the water becomes more attuned to our blessing for ourselves. And that in and of itself becomes a remedy. So in that way, if we think about that, we're conjuring or we're calling in Bridget, we're calling in the, you know, the bringer of the dawn and inspiring our, our health and inspiring our light within. And we're invoking her in that vision. And we take the cup or the cauldron of inventiveness, creating a blessing to renew our body, to inspire our thinking throughout our life into wholeness creating and seeing the waters as healing springs or water, like the healing springs that we find, you know, that are really hot, the hot springs even in the cold, and, um, and then drinking them. And so that's that way of, of really embodying that beautiful invocation. And then having, a, as we said, a daily um, lighting of a candle for the flame of inspiration, writing that the new attitudes and interesting thoughts that support our new ways of living and guiding ourselves. Um, and another thing to remember with practices is that this is an air sign. So, and a very much conversational, how we think and also how we speak. So offering ourselves, um, you know, every time we're taking our breath in, we're the in, you know, the inhalation of that beautiful, um, you know, aligning with the the energy of pure or rarefied air that is inspiring and cleansing and um, allowing that new kind of purification moving through us and in the exhalation releasing what is not serving, what is um, obstructing, what is allowing to release um, into the exhalation so that we can be open to this way of um, of anchoring in and seeing from this new point of view. So we're really, again, working elementally. We're working with the cauldron, which supports that earth energy. We're working with the waters, which is the, the broth or that, you know, uh, the tea. We're working also with the earth, with, with whatever is in the broth or the tea, you know, the herbs and uh, the fire that warms them. And, uh, and then also, you know, the air in terms of our, our breath and our thinking. So I think that might be an interesting for those of us who like to launch a new moon with a with a um, a ceremony it could be really in a, you know interesting and we'd love to hear what everyone comes up with themselves. I love that. I will definitely be doing that this new moon. That sounds like such a beautiful ritual and way to call in the new cycle. And I've never thought about it before that working with the cauldron really does include the four elements. And I was thinking even when you're stirring, that's kind of like bringing the air into your your elixir and your, your medicine. So that's really beautiful. Yeah. And, and so not to put you on the spot, but 
does any particular kind of herb come to mind or flower for you? Because I know you're, that is so much a part of your work um, as we're even talking about this. Well, for me, I've recently been working a lot with agrimony, which is a plant that I, I, I wasn't aware of until a couple of months ago. And so I'm working with it so much that I'm actually brushing my teeth with it. And I'm going to make a lotion to, to put on my face. Um, because a dear friend of mine who, who works with plants told me, she said, the agrimony really wants to work with you in a deep way. So for me, it's been a helpful plant to, I think of it as shedding the mask and bringing out the true voice and the true face and the true expression that's that's real. So in a way, it, it, it ties into what you've been talking about. It's kind of like releasing the old stories and, and patterns of identity, really, and, and trying to bring forth the true essence identity so that I can express it in the world in, in a more authentic way. And I love that you say that because that's exactly what the remedy, the flower essence remedy acrimony does is it, it says sometimes, you know, for your, let's say if you're in a moment where you really need to take off the mask where everybody says, um, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And you're not fine. You know? And so agrimony, it does the, exactly the same. It take it takes off the mask so we can express more fully all the different um, iterations of who we are and that it can allow that authentic self to emerge. And so that self-identity that we're talking about, that's really, you know, the Uranus is moving out of and Chiron's moving in these big cycles that are coming in in the spring. And so that, like you said, to be able to keep um, moving that into on the cellular level that you're talking about in terms of the remedies that you're creating so that it supports that um, authentic way of living sounds so awesome, uh, really great. And I would say also in, in speaking with that, even crystals for some people who you know love crystals, which I'm a big crystal lover. Uh, that you know sometimes working with us the, with the Aquarius, like either clear quartz or sky blue quartzes. So like blue lace agate is really beautiful, and blue chardonnay, and you know chalcedony. They're just gorgeous um, crystals uh, that are very that akashic sky blue energy where it's that rarefied um it's air but it's even more rarefied so it's just that like that talking of the purest form of truth and in a in a very clear open way so i i think that that's what we want to really open up to uh during this um lunation and anchor that in as we continue uh with all of these um initiations that are coming soon in spring that will that will launch this. But I think it's going to be, again, totally different than we went through last year. Um, but again, we'll be, okay, now we have to we have to act on what we've been bringing through and shifting inside of ourselves. And how do we want to inform that? So it's really representational of what we want to um, break thoughtfully and create thoughtfully, uh, if that makes any sense with the spring. So I think I'll look forward to hearing from you as you uh, navigate and um, inspire us with you. You do that on on your Insta stories, really, in such a beautiful way around your mandalas and then your remedies and teas and stuff like that. So I think that'll be that'll really be wonderful for us to stay connected to around how we can continue to work with um, the the earth and all of her inspiration. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with as we launch into this new? cycle? It, it really um, probably is having 
a lot of openness for for our ability to I, I want to say guide ourselves, if that makes any sense. Like to, again, to allow ourselves to be aware of inspired thoughts that we have and to jot them down. Like sometimes that happens where we get this inspiration of a thought or we get, we read something and it really touches us and to make sure that we, that we capture it so that we can then have our book of our own um, you know, our own inspired quotes, you know, like quote of the day kind of thing that, that anything that, that gives us permission to keep dreaming, that opens up to what's possible, that um, allows us to get outside of what we can sometimes feel like if I, I get, if we start to feel like we're, we're getting pulled down again, you know, that we're, who are we kidding? that it would be impossible for us to make the change. Keep remembering that's just a voice of old programming in our head. You know, that's real. I mean, it's not that it's not real, but, you know, when we dream big enough, when we believe in ourselves enough, we know what we have to do. And it is, it holds us through some of what detours us or is more of a struggle and challenge. So I think sometimes all that we that that we need and we have is to keep, keep um, letting that uh, create a buoyancy for us. And so it, it is our heart, but it's also not forgetting our thoughts and our mind. I think, you know, that, that inspired thought really can help us, um, stay in course and on course with what we believed in when we started out. Um, so I don't know if that's at all helpful, but I think that, it, that, that, that Aquarius really offers us uh, that inspired thinking. And so I think that, you know, it's our job in some way. I keep saying I think because that's Aquarius is um, our responsibility to ourselves to not let that just be a passing thought, but to say, I, I need to, I need to capture that and I need to hold on to it so that I can keep re-inspiring myself. You know, then it, it's not just something that passes through us. It's something that we have dedicated to um, our own action plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes so much sense, especially in the dead of winter in February when the rubber hits the road and our our habits may need adjusting and our yeah, holding on to that inspiration to say, well, no, we really can move toward those dreams and those goals and it just takes moving through it. So thank you so much. Oh yeah. And the only other thing I'd say as I'm thinking about that is check in, do a little journey with your ten year old you know, and just what were, you know, what did you love about when you started to learn about life? And um, just try to think about that, you know, even uh, no matter what comes up in your, in your memories and all of that, just, just try to ignite that little inner flame too, to say that that part of you can, can come up and uh, so that there can be that true curiosity again about uh, concepts and um, learning something new and expressing yourself in a really full way. And, and if you were in environments in most of our school systems and our families, there were some things that we weren't supposed to talk about, things we weren't allowed to ask questions about. Let them all come up. You know, let that sense of everything that we want to, to learn about and express and share and question really present for ourselves. That, would, I think, would be another way to really honor that energy within us as well. Hmm. 
Thank you for that. And I just want to remind our listeners that if you feel like you'd like a little extra support, um, Susan does sessions uh, both in person in the Chicago area and over Skype. And so if you'd like to learn about your own astrology chart or take a deeper look at what's happening in your constellation, your astrology constellation right now, or if you'd even like to tap into some of that Akashic realm with Susan. Um, her sessions are really deeply transformative is the word I can think of, or just he- very helpful to understand kind of, yeah, what your guidance is really saying to you. Thank you so much. And yeah, everyone can reach me at Susan at everydaymedicinewoman.com. And um, hopefully I can get uh, sometimes when we do the new moons, I get so new mooned out that I don't put a post on Instagram or Facebook, but I do put other other uh, uh, different sorts of um, uh, little updates that will be on there too. So if you feel like following, we'd love to to hear from you and to have you um, in our in our conversation um, in social media as well. Um, and so as we sign off, I think I guess I, I want to remember too to do everything with kindness because you know I. I as we as as we open ourselves up to all of this things that we want to say and we want to break free from and we want to do we want to remember that the world is is really in a lot of we're all suffering from a lot of pain right now too in in the profound ways where there is a lot of um a lot of hurt and harm going on and so i'm not saying we don't be authentic and say things as we need to uh, truthfully but to have an awareness of of ourselves and our points of view aren't always the right points of view either. And so that we need to be open to what others need to say and, and just hold the field of, I think of it in a big way that the thing I've learned the most over the years is hold a field of love. It doesn't mean I'm going to agree or I'm ever going to be with that person again. I'm talking about a, a kind of a detached field of love, you know, holistically that, um, that I think is helpful during, especially during these times. So I just want to throw that out there too. Mm, Thank you. What a great reminder. All right. Well, we will talk to you all next month and please feel free to share this episode with your friends and some, my, I know my grandmother's listening. So share with your mothers, your grandmothers. Um, and thank you to all of you who are sharing over social media and putting posts on Instagram. It's, it's really sweet. And thank you for helping us grow the community in a grassroots way. Happy new moon. Thank you for listening to the show. You can learn more about Susan's work at everydaymedicinewoman.com and you can follow her on Instagram at Susan Lipschitz. If you haven't heard our recent episode about running a sacred feminine business, I recommend giving it a listen. In the episode, I talk with Eileen Rossetti, who's the founder of Our Sacred Women, about honoring the essence of women. We talk about her path from working with trauma survivors to creating a lifestyle brand that's become a movement. We discuss divine timing, motherhood, and how we can all work to write the feminine back into our collective story. Listen to that episode and our previous episodes at moontent.co or subscribe to Moonwise Podcast on iTunes. Our theme music is by Sophie Cooper from her album Rewilding, available on Bandcamp. See you next time.